I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. Health information exchanges are organizations that facilitate patient data sharing among many different and often competing healthcare organizations in a region or state. In fact, with funding from the HITECH Act, just about every state is launching or expanding its health information exchange efforts. There are currently more than 200 health information exchanges in the U.S. The aim of health information exchange data sharing is better coordinated care, elimination of redundant tests, fewer medication errors, and reduced costs. But sharing patient data also brings challenges to protecting data privacy and security. Today we're talking to Kim Pemble, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Health Information Exchange. Kim will explain how the Wisconsin Health Information Exchange's data architecture model and best practices helps protect the privacy and security of patients' health information. Hi, Kim. Good morning, Marianne. Thank you for the opportunity here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your organization and your role. PUI is a not-for-profit regional health information exchange providing services primarily in southeastern Wisconsin. There are currently 15 emergency departments across a four-county area, along with four community health centers that are using information from the exchange in minute-to-minute patient care. In addition to those services, in total across the state, there are 51 hospitals that are contributing data to the exchange for public health syndromic surveillance purposes. What model of data exchange does the Wisconsin Health Information Exchange use and why? Our model is based on what is frequently referred to as a hybrid. This provides uh, some flexibility uh, for us in our how we can meet different use cases. By hybrid, I mean that while the data is centralized, uh, that is stored in, in one location. The ownership of the data is maintained by those health systems or hospitals or clinics that are providing the data to the exchange. The exchange does not have any ownership rights to that data. We are only allowed to do uh, with the data what, what the owners of it, uh, again, the hospitals, the health systems, uh, allow us to do. That centralized model is, is one that we've implemented uh, where while the data is brought together, it is logically separated so that at any time, should any of the participating organizations choose to no longer participate in the exchange, their data may be removed from the exchange and no longer be accessible by any of the other participating organizations that remain. That was a real critical uh, element from a business perspective as well as a, uh, a security and, and patient privacy uh, approach. So that centralized approach and um, the, the way the data is exists in, in one database, even though it has separate logical uh, separations, allows us to address certain use cases like um, the public health reporting where we aggregate across all these different hospitals and provide real-time as well as batch access to that data for public health syndromic surveillance purposes. We completely de-identify the data and provide it to the public health officials um, in support of their syndromic surveillance work. Additionally, having the data uh, stored in this manner allows us to perform uh, various different analytics uh, on the data 
to help communities such as the Milwaukee Healthcare Partnership, with whom we've had a, a very long and uh, cooperative relationship here in Milwaukee County. Uh, they seek to implement various different uh, workflow and procedural changes amongst all of the emergency departments across five different health systems in conjunction with the work at the community health centers here in Milwaukee County to uh, ensure that patients are receiving uh, care in the most appropriate settings. So that if patients are using the emergency departments for care, uh, they can refer those patients out to community health centers so that they now have a primary care provider and we look at the analytics on patient encounter data to see what patterns of care existed prior to that event and after it to see if the, the efforts that the partnership is bringing forward in that referral model uh, are actually in, in the long run uh, encouraging patients to seek care from uh, primary care or uh, patient-centered health home settings. How does the hybrid model that you use safeguard uh, data security and privacy compared with other models that you considered and rejected? The, the security of, of a hybrid model, for, for one point, we have a single point where the, the data exists. So from a security perspective, actually there's two points. One is the, the primary data center and then the backup data center. We have just those two points that we need to secure. Uh, in a uh, distributed model, the, the, the security is uh, wider spread. There are more points of potential threat. Um, we, we have ongoing, all the models provide uh, extensive security uh, around this data. We all, uh, all of the HIEs are extremely uh, conscious of, of the importance of securing this data. Um, any breach in these HIEs will have a, a long-lasting impact on all of these HIE efforts. So we're all very uh, conscious of the necessity to keep the data secure. Uh, in our data center, we, we have a virtual private network connections to all of the different health systems with whom there are, uh, are data submissions or users are accessing the exchange. We have the full audit trail, as do the other models. So really the, the security components focus more along, along the physical sides uh, where different servers exist. Uh, and because we have uh, operational responsibility around all of those servers, we can ensure that they're all current in their security patches for operating systems, for virus threats, and other risks that may be presented to them. Uh, I want to emphasize, though, that regardless of the model, uh, centralized, distributed, or hybrid, uh, all of the HIEs are extremely uh, aware and conscientious about their responsibility to keep the data secure. How many health information exchanges do you work with? Um, we're just we. Okay. So, um, we have um, we do some work with our state level HIE, uh, which is the Wisconsin Statewide Health Information Network. Uh, that is one of the organizations that, as you mentioned in your introductory comments, is uh, working with funding from the Office of the National Coordinator. Whereas our initiative started 
back in 2004, actually. And we had some funding from a Connecting Communities for Better Health grant and then a Medicaid transformation grant. And then now in our fifth year of clinical operation since uh, uh, March of 2008, uh, our funding has come primarily from the health systems, from the health systems that are using the, the system, and from the state Medicaid. We've also had some funding from the Center for Disease Control to help in the expansion of our public health syndromic surveillance work. Please describe your approach to obtaining patient consent for exchanging their information. For instance, does the Wisconsin Health Information Exchange require patients to opt in or opt out? Is there any sort of granular consent where patients can authorize some data be, to be exchanged but not other data like mental health? Currently, the, the WE has a relatively minimum data set. We receive admission records from health systems, uh, claims data from the state for Medicaid patients, and continuity of care documents from one of our community health centers. The consent model uh, is is integrated into the workflow at the different uh, clinics and hospitals where the exchange is used. Staff there uh, can work with the patient to obtain their consent. So it's, it isn't an opt-in model. We are reviewing that again and looking at the potential of it becoming an opt-out model, uh, easier to, to operationalize, and that would uh, align us more closely with uh, what appears to be the direction that, uh, for example, Wishin is taking. The consent can be acquired by any user of the exchange that has that capability as part of their role, and along with the consent process, when a patient acquires the patient's consent, the exchange knows when that was acquired, where it was acquired, the user that acquired it, and a copy of the, the, the consent form is actually becomes part of the patient's history in the exchange. Likewise, we have a service that allows a patient to withdraw from the exchange. So if I were to consent um, today and then went home and, and thought about this more and, and changed my mind, I could... Uh, return to uh, the clinic and withdraw my consent. And that withdrawal process, again, uh, where it was acquired, when it was acquired, who the user was that acquired it, uh, and a template, copy the template that was executed uh, is part of my history. Uh, we do not allow uh, currently any granular. It's either you have consented or you have not consented. The consent process, once executed, has a, a three-year life or until the patient withdraws it so that um, we don't need to have a consent uh, every time the patient encounters a care relationship at any of the clinics or hospitals where the exchange is being used. And then we track uh, when that three-year time window is up so that we can alert um, clinicians and their staff that may be seeing the patient that it's time to reacquire the consent. That is the, the workflow for all uh, non-emergent settings, so urgent care, ambulatory sites in the emergency department. Uh, because of the nature of that care setting, uh, it, it's our structure that consent is not a required element at the time of an emergency department encounter. What approach are you taking to authenticate the identity of organizations or individuals that are using the exchange to share information? 
The only people that are allowed access to the exchange are those that are employees of a participating organization, and each uh, employee uh, or user has to execute a consent or a data use agreement. That data use agreement identifies what their role is within the organization, and we use that then to structure um, their user account on the exchange so that it matches their role within the emergency department. We work with the health systems, the clinics, to ensure that as employees uh, assume different roles within our organization, that their access to the exchange is appropriately adjusted or removed if they're no longer in a role uh, or no longer an employee of uh, a participating organization so that that access is, is no longer uh, there for them. The access is not available outside of their clinic or hospital service areas. They cannot go home and, and log on to the exchange. There wouldn't, in our current model, uh, be a need for uh, a staff member to be accessing anyone's data in the exchange outside of uh, their, their care providing uh, site and role. The access, the ability to access any given patient's history in the exchange is dependent on that patient being currently enrolled for care at that organization or having a current relationship with a provider such as your primary care provider uh, at a clinic site. So the clinicians do not have the ability to log on to the exchange and go browsing to find a given uh, patient. They have to have a care relationship with that patient in order to have the access. What advice do you have to start up health information exchanges in terms of best practices for data security and privacy when planning their strategies? The security and privacy are certainly very critical elements to how an exchange operates, but I think the most important step and one that will provide a, a strong foundation for uh, discussions around security and privacy models is to engage the community. I see some of the HIE initiatives underway that, that appear to have a, a more technically driven focus to their uh, implementation approach. And really HIE is, is less, in my opinion, about the technology and more about how we can enable the use of information to provide better health care. Um, certainly the, the provision of that care needs to be done in a model that is uh, respective of the security and privacy requirements that not only exist at a national level, but that also may exist at a state level. Uh, and because of the state level uh, being more secure as it is here in Wisconsin than even HIPAA, uh, we need to respect not only the state laws and the federal laws, uh, at the same time. Thanks, Kim. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee for Healthcare Info Security. Thanks for listening.